Surprise, surprise, we also had two guests with us in the studio, as promised, as promised. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I mean, you can introduce yourself. You don't have to say hi. Oh, okay. Um, my name is Emmy. I'm a junior here at USC. My hi. name's Clay. I'm also a junior here at USC. And in case you didn't know, it's Diabetes Month. Does that deserve a clap, Emmy? I think so. It's exciting. I don't know. Was it yesterday or the day before? Wednesday, Wednesday. Wednesday. was Wednesday World Diabetes was Day. National yeah. Diabetes Day. But so sad we have to have a National Diabetes Day a month. But yes. I don't have diabetes, so I feel like I'm not super educated to speak on the subject, which is why I brought in two people with diabetes to Woo! speak on the subject. That's yeah. us. That is us. Oh my goodness. Um, so we both have type 1 diabetes. The fun type. The fun type the fun. fun type. type fun diabetes. Type um, 1 type fun. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh my goodness. But, but yeah. Um, so it's National Diabetes Month. Wednesday was National Diabetes Awareness Day. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of movements around the world. Um, including things like JDRF, the yeah. Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. That's one of the big ones. The American Diabetes Association, that covers type 1 and type 2 mm-hmm. diabetes. So there's a lot of things out there. Um, yeah, a lot of really cool organizations. I know on Twitter, too, there's like a hashtag that's like insulin for all which is really about type 1 diabetes, and it kind of talks about kind of the cost of diabetes medical care, because I know oh, that it costs a lot. It, it costs, costs so much. <laughs> it's the reason I used to be working three jobs to like afford everything, but I'm in a better situation now, so just have two again. But Insert boo sound effect here. Yeah, it's a little sad, but um, I don't know. One of the medical companies, which I have a lot of opinions when it comes to big medical companies, but one of the Same. good ones, uh, Novo Nordisk, it's based in Denmark, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of things that they do. They teamed up with a project called Team Type 1, which was sponsoring diabetic triathletes. Um, they have a professional cycling team that competes around the world which i do road cycling so i keep up with it and it's really cool they were just in japan i think they're in china right now doing a race they're getting ready to close out the road race season um but the guy in charge of that uh, his name is phil sutherland he does a lot of stuff specifically in africa he was in he was in somewhere in the southern part of Africa. I don't think it was South Africa, but he does a lot of stuff down there. A lot of kids in Africa, AIDS is a rampant disease down there, and then you pair that with type 1 diabetes. And they get they can get health care until they're 18, but after that the government cuts them off. They can't take care of them anymore. And it's pretty much a death sentence. So he's, yeah. that organization's been down there doing a lot of work trying to help them. Um, get insulin just getting insulin is a big deal yeah access because to a lot it. of these mm-hmm. places just don't have it very true it's like the 1910s early 19 uh, yeah. 1900s in the u.s when we knew nothing about insulin and we had all these kind of 
practices like starvation was a treatment yeah um stuff like that it was it's really rough then and it's really rough around the world yes yeah okay so do y'all want to explain to people how you get an insulin because i know that clay you use a pump and emmy use a pen yes so what is the difference and maybe like why did you choose the the method okay method you use i think it's a lot based on lifestyle yeah um, Do you want to explain first? For um, so I use, I have something called an Omnipod, and it's a, uh, it's, mine's actually wireless. There's a pod. It's like the size of half an egg, and I put it on my arm or my leg, and it gives me insulin, and I don't have to use the needle, and it's just really convenient. And I've been using it for years because I played sports in high school, mm. um, played baseball, and. If it wasn't on my throwing arm, then I was pretty much good to go. Gotcha. If I put it on my throwing arm, it would always get, like, jerked off. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a lot of torsion and such, so it would rip it off. But, like, the pump, there's a lot of different pumps, and they come in a lot of different shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. And they fit people's lifestyles differently. Uh, swimming? Swimming's a no-go on the pump. Like, yes. it always it always tends to fall off. The <laughs> adhesive doesn't stay. So I use um, I use an insulin pen, which is basically something that's never attached to my body. It's like its own entity, and I'll stick a needle onto it about five or six times a day to do injections, um, which are usually either in my stomach, my thigh, or my arm. Um, and I've been using it ever since I was diagnosed with diabetes. That's what they had me on when I was in the ICU at the hospital. So I've never really kind of wanted to change from it because I'm so comfortable with it now um and also something about having like a physical attachment that has insulin I'm still like a little bit freaked out about for myself but I know it helps so many people out and I know it's like me being kind of paranoid but um (laughs) but yeah yeah. I was on the injections I didn't actually have to go into ICU because my sister has type 1 and she had it for three or so years we both get diagnosed at the age of 12 and so we've been dealing with it and i started to show like some of the first like minor symptoms that people just don't pick up on yeah unless they know what they're looking for Mm -hmm. so we caught mine really early so i was still in the hospital for like five six days while they're trying to get my levels sorted out oh my god and then after i got out I was still in like they call it the honeymoon period where your yeah. your pancreas just rears its head every now and then. It's like up, oh, I think I'm gonna work a little bit. Yeah. Up, oh, never mind. And it'll just give you like a random dose of insulin and it throws your numbers off and it's yeah. just not a fun time. You kind of just it it sounds bad, but you're just sitting there waiting for it to die. Exactly. It's so eerie the honeymoon phase. Like yeah. it happens right after you get diagnosed. Once you start taking insulin, yeah, your pancreas just kicks back up and starts working again for like a month that you don't know how long it's going to last. Yeah. So it's, it's and you're just like, look, <laughs> you're going to have to do this or you're going to have to do this, but you can't do both. Yeah, exactly. Like mine was mine was so rough. Ooh. My endocrinologist, yeah. um, who's my diabetes doctor, they, she said, we need to get you on a pump because your levels mm-hmm. are over the pace and there's literally nothing we can do with this pen. Pumps what you need right now. Got you. So. Oh my God. So yeah, I was like on the pump within like ten months. Oh, that's which awesome! Which is really fast. Wow, that is yeah. Really fast. Oh my gosh, man. 
Also, the reason why I was shocked when you said that your sister, who's older than you, has diabetes is that my brother also is a type 1 diabetic. My older brother, he's two years older than me. He got diagnosed when he was 19. I got diagnosed when I was 19. I'm just like, I've never heard of someone else that has that. And the genetics, man. Yeah, I know. But what do you wish people knew about type 1 that you think may be a misconception? I can't tell you the time, the amount of times somebody said, this is why you're diabetic when I'm eating something. Yeah. I just look at them like, please just stop. Yeah. What you're doing right now, just, just stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this, that's, that's the one that gets me the most. It's like, you know, type two is generally attributed to either um, old age and your body just doesn't work like it used to and that's nobody's fault. Mm-hmm. That's just what happens or and this is a stereotype um you have type two where people just don't take care of themselves and they're very unhealthy and after years and years Mm -hmm. their pancreas just can't keep up with it anymore and their body builds this resistance to insulin like their pancreas still works but their body's just not taking the insulin anymore because it's been pumping into their system for decades and decades because they've not taken care of themselves and the body is just like insulin doesn't do anything anymore yeah and so uh we're stuck with that stereotype so I eat stuff and then somebody will make this snide comment like this is why you have diabetes and i just like stop and look at him like what is wrong with you yeah <laughs> it's like you know that's not true it's like i know you know that's not true mm-hmm. exactly yeah i think honestly the thing i run into the most is also like diet um the yeah. number of like dunkin donuts jokes i will hear like what kind of what kind of insulin do you take? So I go back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Um, I take um, Levomir, which is a long-acting insulin. I have to take it every twelve hours, and then Novolog, which is my short-acting insulin. Mm-hmm. I think they're both by Novo Nordisk, um, but I take my short-acting with every like every time I eat carbs. So, yeah, yeah. But so what about you? I take I'm on Humalog Ooh. because I was part of that big shift from the Novolog to Humalog with Got all you. these insurance companies, mm-hmm. um, and it's all right. It's I would say it's a little bit slower, but nothing severe. Got you. Um, I know a friend of mine got put on Humalog, and it was just disastrous for them. It oh, took no. so long for their body to process it, mm-hmm. and they had to get a note and send it from the doctor and send it their insurance saying, hey, I have to be on Novolog. Um, I was always on Lantus. The Livermere's newer stuff, that's the 300 or whatever it is. 300 U? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like more take less, more bang for your buck kind of thing. Does that still burn? Like the Lantus burned. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I'll have really bad issues my love and me and my long acting insulin i'll inject it and then i usually i used to get bruises a lot from my injections so i'd have to rotate them all around yeah. and like it was really frustrating but it does burn a lot with every injection yeah. so like i feel really awkward taking that in front of people because i know i make a face and i know it hurts yeah just, yeah do you take but it like once every 24? Once every 12. Once every 12? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so for those who aren't diabetic, what is the difference between long-acting and short-acting insulin? Got you. So long-acting, you kind of have to take um, no matter like what you're eating, what you're doing, yeah. because you need insulin in your body. 
24-7 kind of. So that's kind of your base insulin. And then your short-acting insulin is what you'll take alongside food at least. Yeah. That's because I think naturally mm-hmm. your body just goes up. If you're sitting there doing nothing, yeah. then it goes, then it just starts rising, um, which is, there's like a specific thing for that. It's like kind of a subcategory like the sunrise syndrome or phenomenon thing like that that. it's uh see my levels when Mm -hmm. i wake up it's like a 2 a.m yeah onward it starts to rise and i'll start at like it'll go down to like 120 or something Uh from where i've taken insulin from dinner and i'll wake up and i'll be 180 or something like that and it's just climbed through like the night slowly but surely got you so that's just one of those it's one of those faster sections of the day but it's like always constantly like going up a little bit got you i mean we're walking around campus all the time so it's more like it's always going down yeah honestly (laughs) and by like going up and going down just for people who don't understand it's like your blood sugar number levels so normal is like 80 to 150 120 and if you're diabetic it's up to 150 or something yeah something like that but yeah if your blood sugar is too high you get hyperglycemia and a whole bunch of symptoms about that you have to take insulin to bring it back down to normal and if your blood sugar is too low you feel awful oh it's horrible oh god it's the worst <laughs> it's i a lot of people have different s- symptoms i uh-huh. start shaking really bad when i get Same, low yeah and it freaks me out mm-hmm. it's not a panic attack but it's pretty close to it i just start and i don't mean to be mean i know rosie has experience with it i get really <laughs> short because yes. i'm just like where's food i don't care what you have to tell me yeah feed me something mm-hmm. i it's like that's the only thing in life that matters when i'm low is like i just need to get something so this can stop for some reason we get like super we get super hungry because our body's saying we need fuel mm-hmm. and so we get to that point where we're low and we're just eating things and i have such a massive appetite in the first place i always joke around with um, Rosie's saying, I'm like the standard three of hungry. <laughs> and I stay at like a standard three of hungry on a scale of one to ten. Uh huh. But, and during mealtimes, I'll go up to like a seven or an eight. Like I really want food. But then when I get to low, it's like I've broken the scale. I'm a hundred. Yes. Anything you put in front of me is going to be consumed. Oh my gosh, honestly. I will say a really cool thing about at least type one diabetes is that candy is literally medicine to us it, like it basically is what's your go-to so i always carry a bunch of starbursts around me because they don't really melt so when it gets really hot here i always have like That's some fair. solid form i know people That's do skittles fair. because they don't melt either i use skittles and they do melt if oh, you, anybody's told you that skittles don't melt is a liar oh my god to absolute be fair, liar oh my god. they didn't live in south carolina i've had so bags get here. ruined because oh my god um, I've had Skittles melt them and they just get like stuck to part of it. Oh no. When you reach your <laughs> hand inside and there's yeah. like melted Skittles at the bottom of the bag, it's super gross. It's yeah. pretty nasty. And so everything just else some candy, in the bag. Candy knowledge for you. But it really works really well. It's like if I eat Skittles in the next like 10 minutes, I'll be shooting, my blood levels will be shooting straight up. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break right here, and we will be back in just a second. Stay tuned. You're listening to 90.5 Minutes of the News on WUSC-FM and HD1 Columbia. I'm your host, Rosie James, and with us today, we have Emmy and Clay.
today we decided to walk to school. The light counted. 15, 14, 31, I mean 13. We took a left on Carroll Street. Danny's smart, but he gets distracted. I realized he forgot his homework. I hope he doesn't have another bad day at school. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. <laughs> and we're back. Okay, so Emmy and Clay are still here Hello. with still still National Diabetes Month. They're still diabetic. Yeah. <laughs> everything changed, is changed, guys. <laughs> okay, everything is still <laughs> happening, so... I'm not sure I would want my pancreas to kick on right now. Yeah. It's like it's like I don't need two sources of insulin at the moment. That'd be yeah. bad. Yeah. Oh God. Not be. Why the did best. Clay just fall on the floor? Oh. <laughs> turns out he's cured. <laughs> oh well, doesn't matter. His blood sugar is thirty. Yeah. Oh my God. How low has your blood sugar ever gone? By the way. I have gotten to the forties, 40, forty-seven. Ooh. Um, I don't remember when. I know people have gotten much lower than me, and that's mm -hmm. not like a very impressive lower uh, lower number. But what about you? I've been um, at thirty four once, and that mm. was like my only really really bad low. No. Yeah, but it was really bad. I had taken a run without taking my blood sugar beforehand. Oh, can't do that. No, can't do that. Can't and do I didn't. That. I didn't have a CGM, which takes it like every five minutes um, at the time. So I really was just. Being free, yeah, trying to CGMs. be normal. Yeah, CGMs. So, CGMs are, it stands for Constant Glucose Monitor. It is me and Emmy both have a Dexcom. Yeah. She has the newest one. The G6. I'm still using the G5 because I still have supplies for it. Mm. Um, so that's what I'm using right now. And it checks our blood sugar every, every five minutes. Mm-hmm. And that is a great thing to have. I have a lot of questions. Go ahead. Like somebody said that you don't have to like check, you don't have to calibrate it the same way as the G5 because the G5 have to calibrate it every 12 hours. Oh. Um, but somebody said you don't have to calibrate the G6 or something like that. Like you never had to check your blood sugar. And I'm just sitting here like, I don't trust that. <laughs> I don't trust that at all. Like it'd be great to have. Mm -hmm. um, but like you, you start off with a G6. I did. I just got it in late September. It's my first CGM. Um, took me a long time to get it, but yeah. oh god! But um, it's been wonderful so far. Um, and calibration is just when you like take a finger prick and make sure your numbers match up on your glucometer, which is your finger pricky thing. Yeah. And then the CGM, the meter, and the, the meter. The yeah. Um, finger pricky thing. That's <laughs> technical terms right there. Everybody calls it different things. We don't have technical terms. Yeah. I don't know, but um, it's actually really accurate, scarily accurate. I used to calibrate it each morning when I woke up, but then I found out that I didn't really need to. So now I do it probably every forty-eight hours. I'll just check my blood sugar for. What's the farthest off it's been? Honestly, probably only by like 15 or 16, like wow, things. that's impressive. Yeah. Um. So when we say how far off has it been, like, what is her meter, like her, um, glucose meter say? When we say the difference between them, we're talking about what does the meter say when we actually prick our finger, draw blood, and check it versus what does the CGM say and what it's reading. And like 15 or 60 points is amazing. I've been off 
something and i'm like that's like 50 points off that's oh my gosh and to be fair when you get into like when your blood sugar is higher yeah it becomes more difficult to read accurately mm-hmm. so say if somebody's sugar is 250 and their cgm says anywhere from 270 to 320 it's a little bit more understandable usually when it's in range and it's in the 100 to 200 range anything below 200 it's pretty accurate yeah so have you seen the other cgms they have out now the other glucose constant glucose monitors what do you think about the one that there's like you touch your phone to or something like that yeah you seen that one i have i've seen it i don't really i don't know how that would work i mean I'm not, like, against technological innovation. It's awesome. And, like, it's the reason that we can have CGMs in the first place and, like, pumps. But I I just, I don't know how it would work. I don't know. It's like you touch, like, I don't know if they have a monitor that comes with it or Mm -hmm. it's, like, their phone. It's like you touch it to whatever the thing is and it'll give you a reading. I just feel like I'm more comfortable getting the reading, like, every five minutes. Oh, wait, constantly. so it doesn't, like, send it to your... Somebody said... Somebody that I know said that it doesn't just automatically send it to you. Oh. You have to, like, to actually touch the sensor yeah. with whatever the device is, whether mm-hmm. it be your phone or something else that they have, um, to get the reading, which I kind of think is cool because there's, like, times where my sugar's low... And I'll be watching the Dexcom, yeah. and I'll be checking my sugar, and I just can't check my sugar again and again and again yeah. all over again because I'll run out of test strips, mm-hmm. um, which is what we use to test our blood sugar on our glucose meters. Yeah. And I'm just waiting for that next five minutes to pass to get the next reading because, like, am I still, like, 65 Very going true. down to, like, 57? Yeah. Or am I spiking up to 83? I wonder, though, if... Because my Dexcom will ding, like, if I get under 80. Um, oh, yeah, mine. Y- yeah. So, um... It's so I w- annoying. <laughs> it is annoying. <laughs> Especially if you're just at, like, 79 and you're feeling fine, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if it'll notify you, even if you don't tap your phone next to wherever it is, if you're low or if you're really high. I don't know. I would hope so i hope so too otherwise it seems kind of pointless in a way i mean not pointless do you want to know a funny story though of course okay so this actually happened to me on monday i've been using a cgm for not a very long time and i haven't been to my endocrinologist yet my diabetes doctor with it so i really had to like learn how to put it on by myself off of youtube videos but that's fine oh oh god um but so i put a new one on on monday and i put it in like the most awkward spot ever but I didn't realize how bad it would be but I put it like right on my pants line so for the next like (laughs) however many days while I have it I really can't wear real pants because they're also just like fraying I don't want it to go off before the 10 days that it can last so (coughs) man so the insertion size for these Dexcoms it kind of looks like a feeding tube I guess you could say yeah and there's adhesive and on it with the actual site that stays on you along with this um stick that you kind of use to inject yeah the cannula the cannula is not a needle it's um it's flexible so it moves with you so you don't really ever feel it mm-hmm. um at least you shouldn't it's like really small really thin you don't feel it kind of thing um but you have to use a needle to like get it get it in it's like an iv yeah it's like an iv except so much thinner 
It's as thin as hair. It is as thin as hair. Yeah. Back to my good diabetic friend. Uh-huh. When she first got hers, it was... But she's scared of needles. So she was like, you need to put this on me. I was like, what? <laughs> she said, I can't do it. I get too psyched out. She says, it takes me like 30 minutes just to put my insulin pump on. Uh-huh. So it took like 30 seconds to actually do it. Yeah. But we spent five minutes where we were pacing around the room oh, with no. the insertion site just hanging off of her. I finally like put it in her. Yeah. Like, oh, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, good times. <laughs> good times. Gotta, gotta be a community and help each other. Yes, for sure. As always, don't forget to listen to 90.5 Minutes of the News on WUSC-FM and HD1 Columbia. If you're in the Richland County, you can listen to us on 90.5 FM. You can listen to us on the web at WUSC.FM. And you can also listen to us on the Radio X app, which is free to download for Apple and Android. Just make sure you search South Carolina.